0: Hey Church, I wanted to tell you about a guest speaker that we've got today. I'm in Washington, D.C. speaking this weekend. I'm excited to introduce to you uh, one of my friends, Leo Bigger. Met Leo in Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, As most of you know, we have a passion and a burden uh, to plant life-giving churches in every community in the world. And Europe is in great need of life-giving churches. In a lot of countries in Europe that used to uh, be what you'd call Christian countries, they have less than 5% of their people who attend church on any given weekend. Uh, Large churches are non-existent. Well, I met Leo, Leo invited me to come speak at his church. There were 4,000 people in Switzerland that weekend. Uh, It was alive, vibrant, worship like what we do here. And uh, not just there though, Leo is the uh, leader of a movement called ICF that plants life-giving churches uh, in uh, major countries in Europe. I met pastors of churches of 1,000, 1,500 people. Doesn't exist, but it exists in their movement. And so I asked him, Leo, could you come? And could you share with us what God's doing there and share with us God's word? So I'm excited that he's here. He's also hip and cool. I'm not hip and cool. We could use a little of that. And so would you stand? and give a great big Seacoast welcome to Leo Bigger as he comes and shares God's word with us today. Thank you, thank you.
1: Thank you, thank you so much. I'm I'm so blessed, I'm so super excited to be in this beautiful area. I want to say thank you to Greg Sorat, he's an awesome leader, super cool pastor, he says one of the best team ever. Let's give you Seacost team a big, big hand. You're doing an amazing, amazing, amazing job. (laughs) Before I start with the message, I want to introduce me a little bit because I see in your eyes there are questions, who is this very young, handsome, beautiful, really good looking pastor? I am from Switzerland and uh, this is my family uh, two boys and a uh, wife. And tell you, this girl is on fire. She's, I tell you, she's amazing. That's our Swiss flag. It's uh, prophetic, it's like the cross of Jesus. And the, the red stands for the blood of Jesus Christ. Switzerland is well known for the cows. The view of the cows are amazing. It's like vacation cows. That's why we have the best chocolate on the planet Earth. We have a lot of watches, Switzerland. We're standing for quality. Everything what we're doing is quality. We're standing for a mountain. Uh, these mountains I will, I will climb in, in one year. It's very high, it's about 13,000 feet side. The air is very thin and I hope I will able to do that. The, the, is there, here's somebody from Asia. The Asian people, they come to Switzerland, they make pictures, amazing. They go crazy for this mountain. We are well known for Switzerland, we have so much money. Yeah, well, you know why? Because all the rich Americans, they bring the money to Switzerland, we hide the money from your government. <laughs> it's, it's not a joke, it's true, that's why. Obama phones me every week, Leo, can you do something? Oh, no, no, it's, we love the money. And that's, that's a picture of the church. It's a vibrant, young church in Switzerland. Uh, it's an amazing thing. Before I start the message, if you are not able to understand my English, no problem, that's the Holy Spirit. He translates everything for you in a proper way. That's why my message always so, so powerful, anointed because I need the Holy Spirit, really. I want to start with a joke, and um, the joke is there's a link to the message. There is a couple, they go camping, they, they build up their tent, they go to sleep, and in the night, the husband awakes. He says, honey, wake up, look straight to the sky, what do you see? She says, I see millions and billions of stars. And he asks, what does it say to you? She said, three things. Astronomically, it tells me there are billions and millions of stars. Theologically, it tells me God is big and we are so freaky small. Meteorologically, it tells me tomorrow, it's a beautiful day. And she says, Connie, what does it tell to you? And he says, it tells me that someone has stolen our tent. (laughs) 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 Yeah. You know, what's the link to the message? Because the Bible says, Jesus came on this earth to forgive us, to clean us, to redeem us, to give us eternal life. Life abundantly more than enough. But there's another guy and I don't like him at all. His name is the devil. The devil came to steal, to rob, and also to destroy. And I want to tell you right now, there are some stories in the Bible, even in the Old Testament specific, when you read those stories, you say, God, it's so weird. Why is this story in the Bible? Have you ever read a story like this in the Old Testament? It is full of them. And one story, it's so crazy. And I said to God, what's the link to my daily walk? I want to explain to you for a short moment the, the, the story from the Old Testament One of the biggest enemy of the people of God, there were the Babylonians. And one day the Babylonians decided, we will destroy Jerusalem. They have done those things. They stole all the money and all the treasure. That's not good. They killed all the high priests. They destroyed the the temple. They destroyed the wall around Jerusalem. They took all the strong young boys to Babylonian. And all the gorgeous and handful, handsome ladies that took the to Babylon as well. And now listen to me. Only the old and wicked people they led as a leftover in Jerusalem. And what they've done now is a crazy thing. They lined up the king's sons in front of his eyes. And if you really do want to do something terrifying things, they killed each son. In front of the eyes of the king. And if you have kids, this is crazy. I want to read out of the Bible in Jeremiah chapter 52 verse 11. Then he put out Zedekian's eyes, bound him with the bros and shackles, and took him to Babylon, where he put him in prison till the day of his death. The last memory what the king had, the last view was how they killed his children. And when you read those kind of stories on a Monday morning, you're ready for a week, and you read the Bible saying, God, this is not an uplifting story, it's really heavy, right? But there's a cool thing by God, He speaks in every situation, always a prophetic word. 300 years before this happened, God spoke to the prophet Micah. He explained to him every single little detail what will happen. And there's one sentence we can miss so easily. And I want to read an encouraging word from God to the prophet Micah to the king who lost everything and anything. Micah chapter four, verse nine. Why Do you now cry aloud? Is there not still a king in you? Wow. There is a king in you. God is saying to king, even when you lost everything, even your children, but there is still a king in you. And the king in you will never leave you, will never forsake you, will be with you, beside you till the end of your life. And my word to you and to me right now is there is a king in you. I have no clue in what kind of a situation you are right now. Maybe it's some difficult, some obstacles, some shortcuts in life. I don't know. But there is a king in you and the king will never leave or forsaken you. And let's give God for that fact a huge, and applause to our God Almighty. Come on, Woo! Thank you, God. Thank you so much. Woo. There are three areas which we can easily lose the king in us. And I want to preach about three areas because I'm a pastor for more than 15 years. And I saw so many people coming and going. But there the main three areas which I see because the, the, the crown of creation, the most important thing what God has created, it's you. It's you. And God looks at you every morning. God is jumping around saying, oh, you see, this is amazing. Hmm amazing but sometimes instead of looking up to God we're looking down in our lives and the crown of creation it's falling down you are a king and a queen and sometimes the crown is falling down three areas the area number one is don't let your crown be stolen by defeat what I mean by defeat maybe you have a handicap in your life like something on your body whatever say God it's not really perfect I read a story like three years ago. I was flying home from Las Vegas to Zurich. And in the plane, I read this story and I started to cry. And you have to understand, I'm a Swiss guy. Swiss people, we don't cry only. It's really, I mean, really necessary. But this story brought me to tears. Her name is Jessica Cooks. She's from Arizona. And she's born without arms. And she asked the question, God, what have I done wrong? Why me? And in the early years she said to herself, but there is still a king in me. She learned to make up her eyes. That's now for all the ladies, it's even possible with feet. She learned to make up the lips. She learned to comb his hair. She learned to write. She learned to drink. She learned to swim. She learned to drive a car. This was not the moment when I started to cry when she The car is just a car. But she learned to fly a plane only with the feet. She's the first woman who's ever allowed, allowed to fly a plane without arms. And when I read this story, I said to God, This is a message. That my limitation, it's not my destiny. It's not standing in the way that God can do amazing things. I want to show you a clip about the life of Jessica Cook that you just see what she has done and there's a king even in her. an amazing story and her message she travels all over the world and she, she speaks to schools and say to the young people there is a king in you don't let your life define about your handicaps what you may be have in your life but the other defeat is that's how our thought life how we think about yourself every morning and I think you're doing the same thing you look itself at the mirror right you have a mirror at home and when I look at the mirror in the morning, I say, whoa, is this really me? My hair looks really freaky. And even my breath stinks, it's a holy breath, but it's me. But you know, so many times I'm confused. When I look at the mirror, sometimes in my thought, it's a lie. And sometimes it's a voice in me who's saying to me, Leo, you're not smart enough. You're not gifted enough. You're not blessed enough. You're not rich enough. You are not that thousand reasons in my brain. That's why the Bible says, guard your thoughts. They will determine your future. I don't know what's about you. I don't know how you think about yourself. The most defeat comes about the way how you think about yourself. Of course, there are also some facts in your life. Maybe the effect is in your life, you're sick. Maybe you're broken. Maybe you lost your spouse, your husband. Maybe your family fall apart. Maybe you're still single, you're 35 years old and your 12 years old niece is already married. That's the fact. So God, what's about me? There's some facts in your life, right? And one of my facts in my life is I'm really bad in writing. German grammar, I'm so bad. And another fact in my life, it was I was never able to preach in front of more than 10 people. I think here there are more than 10 people. What's happened? You know what's happened? The day when I got saved... God spoke to me. You will travel to the world and preach the gospel all over. Say, God, I love you because you're funny. (laughs) You know why? Because I'm not able to preach in front of 10 people. I mean, a crusade, a a Christian crusade in front of 10 people, it's not a big crusade. (laughs) Many, many years ago, I walked home and I heard a clear voice, Leo, it's time to write a book. I said, God, you're funny again. You don't have changed. You're still the same. Yesterday, today, forever, you're funny. <laughs> you know, I gave my first book a title. Maybe you heard about it. My, the book title was Just Do It. Just Do It. You heard about it? It's from Nike. <laughs> you see, that's a copyright. Copyright means I copy everything right. <laughs> I copied right. And you have to understand, my whole family, they were not believers at that time. And at Christmas, I gave to all my families the book. And my oldest brother, he took the book and said, Leo, that's my name. (laughs) If you are able to write a book, then God must exist. You know what my thought said to me? God, I'm not good in writing. I cannot speak in front of more than people. God says, yes, I know. That's a fact. God is not blind. God sees the fact. Fact means there is a fact. I do not deny the fact. Next comes the word, but... I believe in a God who is in the restoration business, in the healing business, and is doing an excellent job. Come on. Years later, I have written 20 books in high German, and in Switzerland, I'm a star. Here, I'm just Leo. That's a story, a message. Don't let yourself be defeated how you think, even your facts. God can change it from a minus into the plus, from your weakness into your strength, and the rest of it, you know, there's a king in me, and that's the reason of the glory in my life. The third area, the second area, (laughs) I'm fast, it's don't let your crown be stolen by frustration. What I mean by frustration is sometimes we compare ourselves, right? Comparing is right in the beginning of the Bible, the devil starts to compare himself with God. He said, God, I want to be, be like you. And God kicked the devil from, from heaven, right? Comparing comes straight from the hell. It's not a godly thing, it's a devil thing. If you compare your life with other people, you always lose It's not a good attitude. I want to tell you another story out of the Old Testament. That's a good story. His name is David. One day, God sent a prophet to a house to anoint the new king. When he entered the house, he asked the father, Can you line up your sons what you have? And that's the lineup. And the prophet says, "No, no, no! I don't feel no of ten are anointed. Do you have another one?" The father says, yeah, I have one more. There's always one more." He says, "No, no, 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 no! I, I don't feel it. I don't feel it in my spirit." It's then he asks the question, "Do you have one son more?" The father said, "No." The prophet said, "But I feel you have one more. Oh yes, I have one more. It's David. Where is he?" He's tending the sheep. This sentence, he is tending the sheep, it's deeper than you have ever thought about it. Tending sheep means that's the lowest job you can ever do in this lifetime. Usually as a father, you hiring a slave to do tending sheep. But for David, it was a message. Instead of t- taking a slave, the father takes me. Wow, what a story. David was in the field. He knew his father doesn't believe in him. He's not supporting him. And if he starts to compare himself, oh my brothers, they stay at home, have a nice environment, it's very cool. The point is, do you have a sheep at home? Is there someone who has a sheep at home? No. I wanna tell you the story. Tending sheep, the sound is Monday morning, 6 (coughs) o'clock. Tuesday. (coughs) Wednesday. (coughs) Wednesday. (coughs) Thursday. (coughs) Friday. (coughs) Sunday means day off. (coughs) Sunday church. (coughs) Next week. (coughs) (coughs) Next month. (coughs) (coughs) Next year. Next decade, man, what an exciting shop. <laughs> wow, God, I'm so blessed. You imagine when David started to compare himself, my brother, they're at home, they don't have the noise. Man! And the father's saying to David, Ten sheep. When the lion and the bear appeared and the lion, they are in the process to kill the sheep, they would say, yes, that's my day. Eat, kill them all. (laughs) Bam. I support you. I pray for you. I'm begging up, eat them all. (laughs) Then I'm done with this job. Because (laughs) little David. Have you ever thought about it? If David would live in a social media like we, Twitter, Facebook, he will make a selfie. I killed the bear, 1,000 likes. (laughs) No, when David killed the bear, nobody was around and the night he made a party, he was alone. (laughs) Do you have the picture? Do you have the picture, it's the wrong word, but like, do you get the picture? When David started to compare himself and say, bear, lion, eat it up, come on. He said, no, when nobody is around, there is still a God above my life. God is leading my life. God is guiding my life. And this is the season, the moment where God Almighty has shaped, formed and created me. Because before David killed Goliath, when nobody was around, he killed the bear and the lion because he stopped. Compare himself with his brother. When he came to Goliath, everybody said, Oh, Goliath is strong, we are weak. They compared himself with other people. But David said, I don't care about Goliath. He's, he looks a little bigger than a lion, but than a bear. I want to kill you, and that's the good, bad news for you. When nobody is around you, who are you? Do you really believe? That you're unique? Do you really believe that God has a ministry with your life? That you are a blessing for other people? That you are matters to God? That you're really important? There's one story which I don't like to tell. Because as a pastor we always love to tell the hero stories, right? I want to tell you an anti-hero story of my life. Many, many years ago, I flew into Hawaii and I heard that Hawaii is the most beautiful island on planet Earth. If you arrive in Hawaii, you get some flowers and hula hoop and everything and that was my picture. We were in a church, a huge church. I sat at the back of the church in a corner And I have to be honest, I've never seen in my whole life such a handsome, beautiful, fire-gone machine preacher for Jesus like the guy in Hawaii. In the end of the message, he made another call, and half of the congregation stood on the feet, were crying and receiving Jesus Christ. And that's the moment when all the believers are saying, oh, praise the Lord. But one guy in the room said, oh, God, I cannot praise you. I was in the corner. I'm also pastor. I also preach and teaching. I start to cook in jealousy. Oh, it was a heavy cooking. I said, God, I see what you're doing, but what's about me? And then the pastor said, okay, before I make another call, I wanna sing a song. And I said to myself, oh, that's good. He destroys the momentum. Have you ever heard a preacher singing? No, that's why we have worship bands. <laughs> he grabbed the microphone. He stood at the edge and the movement this like, and he sung like an angel. The rest were still sitting, start to cry as well. The whole church was crying. I said to myself, have I stopped? There's enough water around the island. Too much emotion. I was in the back. And I cooked in jealousy. Because when somebody is doing the same thing, what you have a passion for, you compare, you're jealous. I want to be as him, her, whatever. We don't speak about it. We smile, go home, and we're jealous, Right? And you know what we're doing? We, we start to criticize things. And then my friend asked me, how do you like the celebration? I said, I want to be really honest. Hawaii, it's such a rubbish island. I will never attend this church. Why? I don't like the shoe of the pastor. Because shoes mean so much for me. You always find something to blame on it. And my friend said, "Leo was up," and said, "I feel so bad. I am the corner, and I'm cooking in jealousy. You know why? He's he preaches better than me. His church is bigger than me. Even his wife is hotter than my wife. His children are oh my gosh, they are a total different league. I'm jealous." I'm not proud about this story, but I cooked in jealousy. That night when I went to sleep, God spoke to me and I will never forget. He said, Leo, I I never, never compare. I never compared about small and big, important, unimportant, um, successful and not successful. I'm not comparing. The devil compares. That means you let the devil in your brain, in your heart, in your soul. You are organic, you're the real deal Leo. Leo, run your own race, be the best Leo you can ever be. That's all what you have. You cannot be somewhere else. This is your story. I said, yes, God, I got it. And you have to understand Switzerland, it's not well known for emotion, energy. I have too much energy and emotion for a Swiss guy. I said, God, I should live in America. There's emotion. Or South Africa. There's more emotion. Why you live in Switzerland? The people are so boring. <laughs> now when I preach, people say, calm down, take it easy, Leo. No, it's so much energy in me. I can come here. But, oh, I like it. It's energy. It's fire. South America, people go crazy. God said to me, Leo, I use you. Because the Swiss people, they need somewhere like to you who opens up their heart in a, in a fresh way. It doesn't matter if your church only grows to 100 people. What's the matter? Size are not meaning better or not good. It's just size. It's just a number. You have to run your own race. Run your own race. Be the best you, whatever can you be. If I am not the me, who's then the me? I like this sentence, makes no sense, but I like it. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12: "We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves. The Bible says, "Do not compare. The last crone, I want to close with this point is, "Don't let your crown be stolen by disappointments." And that's a really important point right now. Because as a pastor, I saw so many people in the church. They're tithing, they're praying, they're living a holy life. They're doing everything according to the Holy Spirit, their obedience. And sometimes we believe our life goes from glory to glory, from anointing to anointing. Goes up like a rocket sky. Right? But life, it's not always predictable. Even as a father of Christ, sometimes things happen which we don't understand. Maybe you have an area in your life, you're fighting since 10 years, you're praying, your whole small group is with you, it's with you. It could be an addiction, a habit, like porn, alcohol, eating, jealousy, greed, something since 10 years you fight, you've done any and anything but you're not able to be successful. There's no breakthrough. And I see so many Christians, they have given up in in a certain area in their life. Say, i tried anything. I'm so frustrated. Where is the power of God? Then you hear all the stories about breakthroughs. Yeah, it's good. What's about me? There's a story about Richard Niels. One day he went to the doctor and the doctor said, you have to lose weight. Your heart will not be beating anymore in six months. And he said, doctor, 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 doctor. I had tried anything and anything. I start with the, you know, the Weight Watchers. I tried the Weight Watchers, the B Watchers, the C Watchers, the F Watchers, I tried everything. God, nothing works. He was so desperate, he was so frustrated. And one Sunday morning, he drove to the church with the car and in the car, he said, God, heal me right now on the parking lot. You can heal me. Jesus said, yes, of course, I'm the healer. But I want to heal you from the inside out. Go into church. And when you're sitting in the church, I will do a miracle. He was in the church. He went on the knee. You know those prayers in your life when you're praying, you don't feel the fire in your
2: bones.
1: You're praying and there's no emotions, just a prayer, but no affection. You know those prayers? This was a prayer. He felt nothing. Not no waggling, no tackling, nothing. He walked out to the car. He heard a voice again. Neil, go to the gym, buy a workout DVD and use it every day. Your workout, go goes one and two and three and four and one and two. My wife has plenty of those. Amazing. He went to the gym, bought the DVD, put it in and for 18 months and even he felt nothing in the prayer, something was changed in the unseen world in his heart for 18 months. He trained and after 18 months, that's the result. It's Amazing. Richard Neal is a prophetic word. Don't give up. Please, don't give up. Even after 10, 20 years, don't give up. The worst sentence could you say, I'm just the way I am. I don't like this sentence. With this sentence you're saying, I don't believe that Jesus Christ has the power to transform and change my life. I close with a story, a real story from the Olympic games in Barcelona and this story is like the story, I started with a king who lost everything and I close with this story because in the story there's a king in you, God is saying, I carry you. I'm with you, I feel you and we will finish the race together.
2: and be, then I am still and wait here in the silence until you come and sit
1: always when I see this video it touches my heart and this is the story when the king was in the prison. He lost his children. He lost Jerusalem, everything. He was in the corner of the prison and this is when God is saying to him, why do you cry aloud? There is a king in you. God is saying to him, I will carry you to the finish line. This is my promise, king. Whatever's happened in your life, please never forget. God the Father the king will carry you to the finish line. That's the promise of God, and that's 100% sure. Let's pray together. Father God, I just want to thank you so much that you are on my side. You know every single detail in my life. You see all these situations where I'm so frustrated because there's no breakthrough. You see the situation where I've given up. You know where I start to compare myself all the time and I'm not satisfied with the way I am. I always feel if I can do in my life some things, I will have a lot of changes. I'm so sorry that I not received the uniqueness that you have made me. You see where I'm defeated because I believe so many lies, words which i ever heard or picked up. Father God, I just want to thank you so much that you have promised that you are carrying me to the finish line. I'm not walking alone. I'm not going alone through this situation. You are with me. You are beside me. And I love you so much. Thanks for the promise that there is a king in me. There is a king in me. There is a king in me. And the name of the king is Jesus Christ. And we say together, Amen. Can we give God, the Father, a big hand that is with us? Thank you, Father God. God bless you.
0: Thanks, Pastor William.